Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliette. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing It Started With a Scandal, the 10th book in Julie Ann Long's Penny Royal Green series. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom. Join our Facebook group, The Swoon Zone, and follow Jessen on her YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes, and give away free enamel pins, stickers, books, and bookmarks. And a special shout out to our patrons for all of your support. We love you guys. We love you guys. Okay, so I have something to chit-chat about. All right, let's chit-chat. <laughs> so they recently released the... um clip the little like snippet clip of the bridgerton miniseries about the queen and king yes king george first of all when i watched the clip i was melting because <laughs> the king he is smoking that the king actor is hot and he is like 100 like not letting his woman get away over the wall um so it was it was the whole scene was hot just the way he portrayed like you know i don't know it was I just think that, so i i just watched it um because i told juliet i was like i didn't plan on watching this miniseries because i feel like it's sad because we know what happens to right. the king if you watch bridgerton right um especially like in season two you see that scene and it's just so fucking sad and it's so i was like ah, yeah do you want to watch it because we know how it ends you yeah. know because it's um, based on reality as well exactly you know? so they have to you know be by the book for something since they decided to introduce I you know, know queen charlotte and but but so i just watched the clip of it and i loved it and i feel like i really feel like the actress that they cast like she does oh, a really yeah. good impression of the actress who plays queen she charlotte does. like i feel like of i was a like young, i am watching one? a young a young version of <laughs> queen charlotte like i truly yes. feel like she did such yes. a good job she did and i loved it the way that she was like informing him like <laughs> if you just grab me right here and i think that that is a good <laughs> handhold i'm going over, to escape over this I wall a woman in distress you're not gonna help a woman in distress yes I like loved lady it. in distress and it's he so cute. is so charming and oh. smoking hot like he's like um I <laughs> no like i'm not her. like you could just you could just <laughs> see in his mind how he's like no i like her i don't, I don't want her <laughs> yeah, to get away i'm keeping her <laughs> i'm keeping her i'm gonna keep She's her gonna be mine so like oh, guys i think maybe since it is a mini series if they truly stick to this and it be a mini series like it's, a one season thing right I, mm. I actually really love miniseries. It's, I it's love a, miniseries too. It's a longer too. movie, you know, right. like um, <laughs> North and South. Like, love it. Uh, it's a miniseries. Hello. It just needed to be that one series. We didn't need to keep continuing, and they need exactly. to add on to it. Like, some things are just perfect when you just you do what you plan to do, and you don't tack on extra things after it becomes like popular. Right. I feel like that happens with a couple. So of what things. they would have to do is just stick to when they're young and falling in love, mm-hmm. and you know she's becoming queen and mm-hmm. all of that, which you could be great. I think it, I think you're right though. There is some like just sadness attached to it because we know his. This is based on history. You know, this is just like you know. But if they end it with them like you know being really happy their and years. they're still and they're still very young, like <laughs> yes. I it, I think it could be worth it for me to watch. So yeah, I know. We'll see. That we'll clip see though happens. is to die for. That I was clip like, was awesome. I was like, somebody needs to write this novel right now like yeah. or write this like romance please i'm no, already like, i love intrigued. it i love it yeah absolutely a thousand percent um pretty sure that i'll probably i know i'm it. pretty sure we're gonna both be watching it yeah, what are you talking I mean, about we're, we're, 
we're gonna fucking watch it. Are you I don't kidding know. me? I don't, I like, don't know come what we're on. talking about. All right, so let's talk about the characters, and it started with a scandal. <gasps> it started with a scandal. Okay, so guys, if you are unfamiliar with the Penny Royal Green series, um, yes, you did hear us right in the beginning where we said that this is book ten, <laughs> but. Um, even though this is a series where there's lots of interconnections, I feel like, and we can ask Juliet her opinion mm-hmm. of it, but I feel like this worked really well as a standalone because the Penny Royal Green series is basically about the Redmonds mm-hmm. and the Eversees, but this hero is Redmond um, and Eversee adjacent. Like, he's friends. Yeah. He's friends with, you know, um, somebody who married into the Redmonds. So it's like... He stands alone pretty well. Yeah. What, what did you think? Did you I, feel like you were I missing concur. lots of things? I concur. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have not. So I have not read any of this series except for this one book. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And I have so many reasons why, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, I 100%. And, and I could tell like when his his best friend is a Redman and his wife comes over. I'm like, okay, obviously, this is a couple from a previous book. But yeah. they were not essential to the plot at all. You know, and so it was really... This was very forced proximity, sort of in solid. You know, this relationship. The was setting pretty... of the book mainly happens at his estate, for basically. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, and I really love. Let's it. get so into some let's of the reasons. Talk about their characters. Real quick. <laughs> so, I'll talk about Levey first. Um, so, Philip, Philippe, Philippe. Levey. Oh. He is a Frenchman and he was actually, he's of the house of uh, Bourbon and um, he's an exiled prince basically. Yeah, this is this following is after, the revolution. Yeah, following the revolution. And one of his chief dreams is to get back his like family estate, bring his family right. back to glory type of thing. Like this has been his dream. And um, the way that he's connected to the Redmonds is his best friend was the secret Earl of Ardmain and they were privateers and stuff and sometimes they secretly work for the king i love um, that too so you know they've done like spy yeah, work and spy stuff work. and <laughs> in a previous novel levey was actually on a mission and he got attacked by like a bunch of men six men and you mm-hmm. will you will hear that um later on when we get into the spoil <laughs> section but um he got really injured and so he's kind of recuperating in europe now because they're not on a ship anymore obviously he needs to heal and yeah. his friend just got married and had a baby and stuff so he's just like okay so he's well just i guess bought i'll this rest yeah. in the country to like just recuperate. to rest and recuperate Right. This is a very temporary thing for him because he has a plan. His childhood home is up for sale. Yeah. Like th- this is his goal is to be able to pay for the childhood home. But the problem is he cannot take on more work from the king because he is still recovering. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking that, you know, maybe it's time for me to get married because there is an option for me to get married and get a dowry and I can pay for it that way. So but um he's a little bit a little bit intimidating and beastly. He's scared off a couple of housekeepers who have who have been with the estate um and so in comes elise um mrs fountain and she has been recommended by someone um with the redmond family and she's in penny royal green she used to teach at mrs endicott's academy but something basically (laughs) forced her to leave the academy and we'll we'll talk about that in the spoiler section but she has a five-year-old son named jack and everything that she does is to make sure that her and jack keep their head above water and so she takes on this housekeeping position and it's not an easy cush cush job so and also he's a little he's a bit of a beast you know so their first interactions are very interesting and he basically (laughs) tells her you're not gonna last so i just love it i just love it so this is like i love the class difference and i love that it's the because i feel like a lot of class differences that we read 
in historical romance is that the hero is of a lower class, right. but he's self-made man type of thing. Right. But this is like a true, like she is the housekeeper. Oh, yeah. He this is, is one, he's a prince. An exiled prince. He's an like, exiled prince. Yeah, so true From class France. difference, you know? And she, yeah, mm. yeah, she's not like the secret love child of like this like high lord or anything. Like no. She's like truly. She's legitimately working class. Yes, so. Her father was like a, uh, a, doctor. a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's working class. Exactly. So. So yeah, guys. Fascinating. It's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> All right, guys, we're heading to the spoiler section. So if you haven't read it, started with a scandal, go check it out and come back to chat with us. Oh, my goodness. So I love, love we open up and it's the interview with Miss Fountain. They're like, okay. Um, and she says, and she talks about the um, Mrs. Winthrop, who is currently like the current housekeeper who's like trying to get the hell out of there because she can't handle. She's like stepped in as a substitute that was or something. The, um, that was the Earl of Ardmay's housekeeper that was right. helping him. Just trying to help. Yeah. Help till find, he a, new find one. a new one. And whenever they're walking into the estate, the old one's walking out like mumbling yeah. and being and like, like, kind of like. like yeah, be like, well, give me the fuck out of here. Crying like, a little bit, you know. <laughs> and I love how they're like being interviewed and, you know, Elise is looking around. She's like, man, it's kind of dingy in here. Like yeah. the candlesticks in or, or like down dust to their everywhere. Nubs, dust. Like she surreptitiously like swiped her hand along the railing and it like, yeah. came away caked. It's like gross. Like nobody's been taking care of this yeah. house. And while they're being interviewed, while she's being interviewed, <laughs> they hear like something break. And I love how uh, Mrs. Winthrop is like, he, he doesn't really try to throw things at you, you know? <laughs> like, he just throws them at the wall. But, like, just in case, like, you can but move I also, quickly. Yes. And I also love in this interview, we get very quickly, because Miss Winthrop, one of the first things she says, a woman in your circumstances can't expect too much, basically. And so we get this whole di- idea where she's in her head, like, my circumstances, my circumstances. Like, we understand quickly that she's done something really scandalous. And when we see Jack, we're like, Oh, she so she's a had a child. child out of wedlock. So to me, to me, this is legit the most scandalous romance I've ever read as far as like total opposites in class. And she's broken the virtue laws, yeah. you know, and like had a child out of wedlock. She is spoiled, you know, spoiled goods in yes. the eyes of society. But she's had a couple people on her side, like, you know, her working at Miss Endicott's Academy. Yeah. She was working there before she even got pregnant. And she's right. only recently something has happened yes. to force her to leave Miss Endicott's. Yes. Okay. And her son is is five years old, you know? So she's been at Miss Endicott's for a while. Mm-hmm. And she also has um some really nice people in uh the Penny Royal Green area that are wanting to help her out and recommending her for mm-hmm. this job to make sure that she keeps her head above water and even the um there's a local vicar keeps her son during the day and teaches him with her other children and stuff and the vicar has a book just fyi oh <laughs> nice and he marries someone super scandalous <laughs> he marries a former prostitute just saying what so, oh the yeah. vicar and the prostitute the vicar that sounds and the prostitute. Like, a, like really funny joke yep yep so <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And they have like all these children, you know, they're yeah. like super yeah. um, fertile, fertile myrtles. So I really love it. Her first meeting with LaVey when she walks in, like he's like brooding out out the window. He's like just looking there right. or whatever. And I love the way that she describes him. She says that he looks like he sprung from the earth due to a violent underground activity, a bit <laughs> like a mountain range. And she thinks power, violence, and privilege when she Ooh. looks at him. And I'm just like, mm, nice, mm, <laughs> you know, That's and 
we know that he's recovering from attack, but she can't really see anything. She can see, like, a little, like, scar on his, like, face and stuff like that. But she right. can't really understand. Like, she does not know the extent of his injuries. Because he's I walking around. Important. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean- yeah. And she's, like, the way that he talks to her, it's very curt. And he's not super welcoming and stuff. And he's kind of, she's worried that maybe the rumor mill has spread here because it could right. ruin her chances. So she's very afraid. She needs this job. This is, like, a right. lot is riding on this, you know. And LaVey basically just kind of like, you know what? I'll give you a trial period for, like, two weeks, and we'll see if you can whip up this saff into shape because they're very lazy. Sometimes my fires are lit. Sometimes they're not. The food sometimes is good. Sometimes it's shit, you know? Yeah. And I want to entertain guests over here, so we'll see if you can whip them up into shape. But yeah. uh, he, he really doesn't think that she can. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely love it because Elise is just like, I have taught a classroom of unruly children. Like, yeah. I think I could. She's, she loves a challenge. That's mm-hmm. another thing. As soon as he's like kind of like doubting her, it's like she goes ramrod straight and is like basically like, watch me, you mm-hmm. know, like, like <laughs> I can't wait to prove you wrong. Exactly. Like I have I have everything to lose. So I need right. to do a good job, you know. And I and so when she goes to meet like the <laughs> when she goes to meet, quote unquote, the staff, they're playing a game of five card loo or whatever, basically playing like poker. Yeah. OK, in the kitchen. And like. The place is disgusting. The kitchen's disgusting. She there's dishes the, piled in the sink. What is the name of the um cook? What's her name? Miss Dolly. Do- Miss Dolly. Dolly is smoking a cheroot and putting the ashes out in one of the like uh family porcelain. porcelain. Like, it's one of his heirlooms from France, yes. from you know yes. France or whatever. Like treating it like this is like, like your, it's an ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And when she basically, Elise, is drawing the line, like, hard mm-hmm. line right now and saying, like, you will stand up and introduce yourself properly and we're going to mm-hmm. bow to each other because this is what we deserve. We deserve courtesy and stuff. And, and respect. Like, and respect. And and she's, like, waiting. And, like, at first, Dolly's just kind of like, oh, Mrs. Fountain, don't be like that. Pull up a chair. Mm-hmm. Play some five-card loo. This is the easiest job you'll ever have because this is temporary, you know? Mm-hmm. We're the fixtures here. And she's like, oh, if you're, like, the fixtures, then you must be grubby and dirty and stinky. <laughs> and they don't like that whenever like, she what? says that because she's like – She's like, this is filthy. Yeah, you're like, the pictures here is disgusting. Okay. And so she basically insists that they stand up and introduce herself. And everyone's kind of like, you know, warily. You could see it's a power struggle between Elise and Dolly. Right. Dolly has all, all the power until Elise walks in the room. Elise literally has the power, but she also has to basically win over the staff. Now, she could fire them all, but who's to say that she wouldn't be able to hire anybody back you yeah know, from then she'd town. have to go tell LeVay like your staff all left as soon as I got here yes, like, exactly. that's not you know. she's like okay this may not be the way to go let me figure it out and also she wants to give like there's May there's some other maids that are kind of like they're looking at both of them and she can see some potential. She's like, okay, I think some of them may actually have respect and want to do a good job, you know, not just be lazy asses like they are right now or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So and then you can also tell like Elise is not totally comfortable in the role of housekeeper because yeah. when the bell rings, her special bell, she immediately jumps. And it's it's if you're not used to these sounds going off all the time, it's not going to be something that you're used to. These yeah. strange bells. This was going hard off. too for her to realize that she has to basically be she's at the literally at the beck and call of the master of the house yeah you know so and that's not what she's accustomed he to he calls her to his study okay and whenever um he walks in he says something like quippy or so so something to try to like put her down a little bit yeah 
he's very kind of like he's very prickly. Mm-hmm. And but the thing about Elise is every time they have a conversation, she never lets him put her on the back foot. She's mm-hmm. always ready with a rejoinder. Like she does not cower when he, you know, says something a little surly. She yeah. just goes right back at him. And they actually get into a conversation where he says, you know, I I'm my goal is to get back my family property. And um, so we learn a little bit about like what what his goals are, what's his motivations. And he speaks very fondly about um, his his home. And before she leaves that room, because she's like, okay, well, like, why did you call me in this room? Right. You See, know? And I think this was a good discovery. He basically was like, will you go and pick up that like piece of, he dropped a, his quill pen. Will you pick up that quill pen and hand it to me? She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Basically, like, like you just want to see my ass when I bend over, but that's not what well, it is. Well, she even thinks she's like, is he trying to put me in my place? Yes, is he, is exactly. Is he trying to humiliate me and show me that he has the power? Like, what is right, he trying to do? Right. And she feels bit, a bit embarrassed. And again, like I said, she's not used to being in this position, this, right. this um, you know, position of servitude, you know. And so it's hard for her. But also, what can she do? She can't, right. she can't say anything. She can't be defiant, you know. And but even then, if it seems so simple as picking up a quill pen and stuff, it it's she has to do it anyway. Even if he is going to call her every if she's keeping this job, which she needs yeah. to for Jack. Yeah. And I love that she sort of – she also notices there are a lot of um, – unanswered letters spread all over his mm-hmm. his desk and so she starts to realize wait a second he couldn't bend over and pick up that pen well you know? he, she comes to discovery later on when uh she's reading a story one of her son's uh, favorite story is about the lion who yes. gets something caught in his paw and yes. he needs the help of a little mouse to take it out and stuff like that <laughs> and she realizes the re- and just like the lion who's all growly and surly and stuff like that LeVay is just like that. Yes. He is actually he is he is wounded and mm-hmm. it hurts him. And she realizes she's like, oh my god, I'm the daughter of a doctor, and it does pain him to move. That's why he moves so stiffly. Right. He can't bend over, and he's too prideful. That's why he can't answer those letters. Yeah, he's you too know? prideful to ask for help. So instead, he's an asshole about it. You know <laughs> exactly. And so I really love that that she's. I, I like how she discovers that he doesn't have to tell mm-hmm. her that. And well, um, and it also shows us a lot of like what kind of mother she is because because we also learned that she reads a story to jack every night and they're very close like she is very zero shame about her son oh you know? and i yeah. love that you like know? this is like the best part of her in fact after the first day she runs over to the vicarage to go pick up her son and like he runs into her arms and he's so excited to tell her about the mm-hmm. day saying like me and liam we got to ring the bell tower that's one of like <laughs> his new favorite things is ringing the bell tower you yeah know? and he wants to be able to do it by himself wants that's to, his goal. yeah because it takes both of them because they're so tiny it takes right. them both to like have enough weight to ring it but he's so excited about that and um liam is from the slums colin eversey um book one hero had adopted him and so like liam talks with like a you know cockney accent yeah. accent and says like call and stuff like that and i love so, he's so I love cute it. you know what's really funny we say call down here i know um, i was like, like is, he, is he a little coon yeah he's what a little coon ass um <laughs> call call we do say that i can't i can't lie That's so, so funny. i don't know anyway um I also we also learned too with the whole vicarage thing that um what is the older br- the brother of is the brother of the vicar Seamus Seamus is the brother of his wife okay of the vicar's wife um okay. and Seamus she basically says hey I can't run over here every single day like and she hates asking for help and you could you could 
you could see how much of a struggle it's been for her because she says that her life basically is a piecemeal of like favors and trading goods for favors and stuff because she needs an actual village to help take care of yeah. her son at this point. And Seamus is the one that volunteers. She's like, I can walk him down to the estate every single day. And in exchange for tarts. Because yeah, she's really good at baking apple tarts. And so, but she also notices that Seamus is like, he's very, um, he's flirty with all the women. He's super he's, flirty with her. He's yeah. also very handsome. He, is, and he knows he's like, it. That's and, why he's oh, so flirty. Yeah. And he's like, he keeps trying to get her to come down and see him play the fiddle, you know, at the like local little inn and pub or whatever. Yeah, the pig and thistle. Yes. Um, oh, and I also love so she's inspired you know she basically told the staff on day one like okay while well, i go answer his call like i need you to start cleaning up this kitchen like we're gonna make this shine mm-hmm. we want to work in a place that's really nice like there's no reason why we need to live in a place like this like don't you want to <laughs> live in a place that's nice like why do y'all want it to look filthy right um so she has an idea when she's at the vicarage it's kind of comical because there's like dozens and dozens of bouquets everywhere and she's like where vicar where did the bouquets come from oh well olivia eversee she has lots of suitors and even though she's recently announced that she's gotten engaged and this will play into book 11 by the way just in case you want to know um she has so many bouquets she sent them over here and we could just put them on like the grave sites or whatever mm-hmm. she's like hey you mind if i like take one bouquet to the house and they're like oh please there's like so many please take some and so because he has given her levee has given elise a very strict budget to um live by to work around and stuff and so she really has like lots of restrictions but she wants the place to feel really homey and so she's like flowers flowers are an easy fix to just make it feel a little bit more alive Mm -hmm. and so like the next day um they had cleaned up his study and i really love how when he walks into his study it's like Wait, there's a shiny. fire burning? There's a fire burning. <laughs> You're like, well, that study. could be a fluke. The the <laughs> curtains have been taken down and yes, they're not dusty, not dusty. And, you know, I can actually see through the window. It's and, like, hmm. wow, there's fresh flowers. And the flower just so happened to be, I think it was like hyacinth. Oh, yes. It's something and, that's very um, lavender. Of his home. And, he, and those are the flowers mm-hmm. that grew at his childhood home, the yes. one that he's so desperate to buy back. Right. It's for sale right now. And he wants to buy it back. And he's just like one point for Mrs. Fountain. I know. You know? I love that. And ingenuity with the flowers and i also love that later on he gives her a revised budget and when she's like looking at the revised budget she's like it looks exactly the same then all of a sudden she it's like it's like, it's like so many one, shillings one, for one shilling for flowers if he wants the flowers <laughs> now at, i know so i just really so like it because it just shows that you know he's paying attention he is paying attention that she is you know accomplishing some things you know? and i like when she has these wins like he even notices w- one time she like basically kind of won over him and she almost does this little like jig as she exits the room and he <laughs> caught her mm. and he loves to see her excitement like she's so stoic and stuff with like him. she does like a little half <laughs> step and, and he's like was that a skip that was like and a show of emotion. Also, <laughs> she also like caresses the back of this the velvet, bre- this brown, brown chair. velvet chair, and he's like, what? Mm. he's very observant. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. a spy. Okay, like, she's a sensual creature. He yes, notices very, that right away, and he's fascinated by her hair, which she keeps very severely. Look, slick the way back. this is written, but like is a coil of hair always springs spring out, free. Yes. and he is like fascinated by the coil of hair that is trying to escape. Okay, <laughs> I love the little moments oh where. My God. He's noticing so many things, like so many tiny things, the way that he pays attention to her. I love, love, love it. So I also particularly love the moment where in the morning, the first time she serves him apple tarts. So she's trying to get the maid Mary to go in to serve him, but Mary's afraid. She's like... (laughs) 
She's like, like whispering outside the door. Yeah, I went in earlier to do the fire, but he was asleep, and now he's going to be awake. Like, I really don't want to walk in there. And Elise is like, "Ah, there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm going to bring it in this first time, his coffee and his apple tart, and you're going to bring it in the next time. So, like, she walks in super confident, and I love how, like, LaVey had been sitting up in bed, like, to listen closer, and whenever he knows that she's coming in, he, like, lays back down down to act like he's just, like, lounging and not paying attention. But whenever she walks in, like, you know, the sheet kind of slips a little bit, and she gets to see his bare chest and it flusters he's her sleeping, yeah he's sleeping like shirtless i so. mean maybe even nude we don't know we don't know I mean, <laughs> we don't know what's under those covers lave sounds like a dude who would sleep in the uh, nude. yeah yeah he doesn't look like he would wear i love smalls. that he, and he notices he notices her noticing him like she's immediately flustered. oh my god is she she's flustered? so flustered she can't even talk right yes and she's like so. okay i'm just gonna like I, I wait this is one of my favorite parts though so she like puts the tray down or whatever and she's like okay it's the morning and then she like whips open the curtain he goes ah like yeah, blinds him like a vampire <laughs> And later on when he calls her to the study, he's like, and maybe, you know, the next morning, maybe we can open them gently. Like, yes, can, can you, so like, light by can, slow degrees, Slow please. degrees so that doesn't <laughs> blind me in the morning. It's so just funny. really funny. Um, and he, he just, like, he's he just incredibly, incredibly impressed with all that. Mm. Um, so... And she sees the scars as well. So she can see that he has been injured. So that's know. whenever she decides to take it upon her um, to actually give him this um, medicine. The, the that, tea. The, the willow, uh, bark willow bark tea. tea. That, yes. And I love this because she has to approach him and basically tell him, I know you're in pain. <laughs> we, and we also, the other thing she had noticed is that he had been drinking a lot. So he was drinking to medicate, you know. Yeah, and but he she doesn't also notices be... that he, like, she refilled his brandy can- and decanter. And he won't do it. And he hasn't touched it Because he's trying. He's like, I don't want to be a drunkard. I don't want to depend on that. He's like, so he's he's kind of, like, basically chastising himself because he's not strong enough to overcome this pain. Mm-hmm. But yet, my God, he's in pain. He's recovering, you yeah. know. And so I love that her solution, which is something she learned from her father. Father. And um, so when she brings him like the willow bark tea, um, he, he's like, what is this? Because he drinks coffee. Like he wants his coffee and his apple tart. He's like, I see the coffee. I see the apple tart. What the fuck is this? And she's like, mm, it's willow bark tea. It's for the pain. And he's like, pain? What yes. pain? I am in no pain. Like he doesn't say that. But, but you know. They, they have this really good little discussion. So he kind of like gives it. in a little bit. He does. And he he does kind of like be like, oh my. God. He calls her Madam Know-It-All in this, um, in yes. this scene. Madam- and I really. <laughs> I really French. love it. And he's like, okay, I I am – what he says is that his recovery has been really hard on him. Mm-hmm. And though he wishes that he could recover a lot faster, he's like, I am, alas, only made of flesh and bone. So, right. like, guess, guess, guess I will, you know – take a long time to recover so I, I might as well try this are you mm-hmm. sure it's not poison and she's like i don't know find out <laughs> i know i love it. she's like we'll see shortly Sh- she, shall we not like, she's like we'll, she's, we'll see so but this is what's great though in this scene is like they're playing with each other they're mm-hmm. playing back and forth and she is it's like not like a normal housekeeper no, and master no, 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 relationship no. the way that she they're flirting back at him it they're is very flirting. flirting very flirty vibes and i think it's really funny too because she even like chastises herself she's like why am i doing this do not become yourself do not let your emotions get carried she away keeps, you know she keeps recalling she's like we can't i can't be too much myself because that's right. what got me into hot water <laughs> that's yeah I, I, because i apparently and she said this she's mouthed off to somebody and that's why she basically got fired is she yeah. was to herself and she said something a little too witty and a little too quippy and sarcastic yes. to the wrong person who um <laughs> who found basically her got out her. and basically forced her 
to or force them the, to the leave cots. because yeah. one of the things that I really loved is that the fact that um, Ms. Endicott did not fire Elise when she became pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, they let her stay on and it wasn't like a super well-kept secret, but also she she's part of the furniture over there. Like Mrs. Right. Fontaine, she had They been- had accepted what, you know, her, you know, misstep, yes. you know, in society because and honestly, most of these people are working class people. You know, they're all kind of like kind of rally around each other mm-hmm. but the children the stu- pupils at Indicost are all from the ton they're all yeah. wealthy aristocrats and so like the wealthy family doesn't really know her history they just know she's a teacher there mm-hmm. but someone find out and mm-hmm. they made a big fuss about it because we'll find out who it is off. later we'll find out who that is yeah, later we but will. also we have to mention that Though Elise is making headway with, you know, the the um house being cleaned up, the staff is working <laughs> with her. There's also some pranks being played on her. Yes. So like one pranks. night she goes to bed after she read to Jack, she gets in her bed and there's something really prickly at the bottom of her bed and it's chestnuts. Yeah, it's like um, it's like, like shells. Yeah, the, the shells, shells they crack. And so like the next morning she like serves chestnuts with breakfast, basically just yeah. being like, bring it on, bitches. <laughs> I know. I um, love it. They also have a mouse like swing out of like one she's of the cabinets. Going to the silver and yeah. the mouse swings by its tail on a string, a dead mm-hmm. mouse, and she's like, ah, she's like this is so childish they could have even they could have made it even more gory and like swung him from a noose or whatever like they're just being like they're not going to scare me off this way but then she also a little and this is kind of a little bit important she wonders how they got into the cabinet exactly like how did they tie up the the mouse maybe they got the key before she got there but and the other thing too as we should mention is that dolly has told her before the cook was like you know miss uh fountain you should just relax because he's going to be gone in a couple of weeks like always and we'll be back to doing whatever we want to do basically being just you know running the house the way they want to you right. know exactly they they don't want they don't want to do the extra work especially when you know their way has worked completely fine for them mm-hmm. for so long so um recently levey has been calling her into his office and i really like it because he calls her quite often to his office <laughs> his set his study and yep. um he tells her he's like okay i have a task for you today i would like you to write my correspondence because yes. even though the willow bark tea is working he's feeling better okay he's a little bit more spry yeah i love that he better. kind of admits he needs some help right he basically and needs he, a secretary he's like i need you to write these letters as i dictate them and i it's you have got to read these scenes because the way that he the way that he dictates to her he's <laughs> recounting to his grandfather who lives in France he's recounting to his grandfather his brush with the six men who attacked him and like <laughs> Elise is shocked. She's like, six men? She's like, oh, my God. And like, like, can, can oh. you not dictate as and I then, say? And then he's like, he's like, yes, my grandfather loves um, um, uh, stories of like action stories. and adventure. And she's like, oh, okay, so the words wasn't really six men. She's like, no, I, he, as You're I said, there men. were six men. <laughs> but my grandfather likes to hear these <laughs> but, things. But yes, I, I'm, yeah, he wants to hear the gory details, you know. Yeah. And so she sits down and settles down to write this account and stuff like that. And the way that he speaks about to his grandfather about, you know, recovering what was lost to yes. them and how he's going to leave England and restore their I mean, um, everybody's status, dead like, except for him, his sister, and his grandfather. Yeah. His father, his mother, they were all killed. Yeah. You know, other siblings and cousins. I mean, it's really sad. And like at one point, she even stops writing and he's like, um, did you get that? And she's like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. And we find out later that when he was speaking of his home, she actually yes. was welling up with emotions. Just the, the way that he longed for home like affected her so greatly. And he finds out later after she's done with all the letters that um a little tear escaped and it kind of ruined a part of the letter he's, she's gonna have to read i and love she's gonna when have he to calls her back to dictate it again yeah because 
because someone has cried on it. He's like, um, someone has cried on my letter. <laughs> That's like so funny. Oh my god! I love it. Oh. And then the next letter is to um the man who is selling his childhood home. Okay, and he basically tells him, "Hey, I appreciate the heads up about the sale of the child home." Right. Um, and he also says in the letter how it's ironic that I have to pay for a home which was rightfully mine. Like yeah. ironic, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and is stolen out for me. And he basically says that he will. Um, he doesn't currently have the funds right now, but he expects to be able to pay handsomely for it soon due mm-hmm. to his impending nuptials. But then he and pauses. At least yeah, and he's like, "Wait, don't put impending nuptials. Just say I'll have the fun soon. Handsomely yeah. pay for it soon." And I love this is a moment too where she's like, "Okay, check yourself, check yourself. You know, he's he, not for he you. He will never be yours. Yeah. He can never be yours. So yeah. stop thinking those things." And then also the next letter is to uh, Marie Helen, and um, at <laughs> first you could see the jealousy because like she doesn't start writing the letter right away. Yeah, because he's like, "Dearest Marie Helen," and he, and she's like, "What the fuck is this? Is this person she, he's marrying?" But it's yeah. his sister. It's and his she sister. Finds out later. And he's um, so sarcastic in his letters. Because the sister's <laughs> writing about how her clothes are out of season and how she has to endure the stares mm-hmm. of, like, her rival. Like, and he must hate her clothes. for not giving her more yes, money. Yes, and for how, how can you leave me in despair over here in last <laughs> season's clothing, you know? <laughs> and and then- it's the most... Sarcastic. Sarcastic. He's like, if you could please inform me if your if your staff's wages are unpaid, if your horses are dying, you know, <laughs> if you are unfed or like unwell, that. are you sick? Are you ill? Are you please eating? Let me know. Is there food where you're please at? Let me know if something dire is happening. <laughs> Other than last season's Other than clothing. your dresses are a little shabby. <laughs> you know, like last season. And I love it. So, like, this is the first time that she writes letters for him. And in subsequent scenes when she's writing letters for him, she feels a little bit more confident. Like, when he writes another letter to Marie mm-hmm. Lynn, like, his his reply is extremely sarcastic and scathing. But she adjusts it for him. Yes. She's like, I think you meant to say this. Yeah. And she adjusts she, it for him. She even like, puts a little P.S. in one of them Ooh, eventually. Which I love it. Which I That's love one. the P.S. that she puts in there but mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i really i really just love this this very it's very casual fun flirty vibes between them every time that they interact okay and yeah. she even like she's even like while she's making the dough when she's doing his apple oh, tart, she's singing. she's singing because he's just told oh. his grand story about fighting off six men. And so she loves making up songs. Jack loves her yes. to make songs for him. And, like, he's she's talking about, like, his fierceness, the the <laughs> great Lord LeVay. Lord LeVay. And his, and his fierceness and stuff. And all of a sudden, he hear, she hears a chuckle. And he's right there. He Listen. had come downstairs to get her. And I, I find this fascinating. He rings for her all the time. And all of a sudden, he's in the servants' quarters yeah. looking for her. This is not done. This is not done. No. This is not done. And he's just like, um, he's like, you know, you should you should try to um mention charm. It, it like <laughs> it rhymes well with arms and stuff like that. Um and he's like chuckling and smiling, and she looks at him and she goes, You look lovely when you smile. It just slips out. Yes. And he chuckles and she's like, Oh shit, I'm like mortified that, that just what slipped out. What did I just say? Yeah. What am I thinking? And he's like, he's like, you know, the reason I came down here can wait. And he actually was coming down there to tell her, Hey, someone cried on my letter but he was just so charmed by her yes, song that for her song he, he goes back upstairs and he's singing the song as he goes and he's singing and like he oh like does God. a little um faint with like a acting like he has like a um a rapier sword, or whatever that was part of the song that was part of the song and like he's incredibly entertained by by the it's way that so cute it was very flattering the way that she, she was you know recounting his his mm. exploits in, in that verse and stuff so it's really fun so at dinner 
he calls her um, so that he can talk, and he wants to know if she if she was a teacher at Miss Endicott's, why did she leave? So now yes. he's curious about yes. her past. And he doesn't she does not want to reveal. And she says, you know, I said something out of turn. And he his his inner thought was like, I'm not surprised because right. that's, that's her personality. Like of right. course she's she headstrong. She's you know? I could see her biting my tongue when she's trying to talk to me. Right. You know, I can see And he loves that she pushing wants. her buttons, trying to see if he can get her to come he out. He wants her to yes. say stuff. Like yes. he's goading her, okay? He asked her about her home and she's like, Well, I'm from the Northumberland and he's like where yeah. and she's like mm, my family's estates are in Northumberland but I I and that's kind of where not he been there for a long um, time I miss it and he was like well you know you have free days you can go yeah. visit and she's like I can't and that's how she leaves it that yeah. she can't go back home and I love that he kind of recalls that she had she had cried on that letter talking about home and she realizes oh there's a reason she's not welcome back home you yeah. know but he doesn't he wants to know but he doesn't want to pry yet he you knows know? that she's going to clam up, so he can't push too hard. But right. then we also get, while she's actually rewriting the letter that she cried on, there's a messenger from the king that barges in, okay? Oh, and yeah. later on, um, LaVey gets a visit from Ardmay, and they're, like, talking and stuff like that. And um, he actually tells her that the king has basically got a new assignment for him. And he, like... The options that he has to be able to get the money that he needs to buy his childhood home and restore his family to greatness, he either needs to take this job from the king, which he is not ready for because he is not recovered, Mm -hmm. or he needs to marry somebody with a dowry. Those are the only two options. Those are the only two options to him. And he does have the childhood friend named Alexandra that he – they've been good friends. Their families were really close. And even though her family wasn't as high as his family, they're they're incredibly – They also kept all their money. With with the money. Yeah, they kept all their money when when the revolution occurred and none of them died. Like they sort of escaped – you know, unscathed and with all of their belongings and wealth. Exactly. And so it's just like – so he knows he's a prime catch to her because he has the titles, he the higher the, titles yeah. that she wants. Mm-hmm, exactly. And um, so she understands. Like, I, I really like it because it's not like Elise doesn't understand right. what his options are and what his goals are. He right. has clearly stated what his goals are. Yeah. Get money and get back to where he used to be. Restore his family to greatness. Get yeah. his childhood family home. How is he going to do that? Well, either by doing this job that I'm completely unready for or getting married. And those are my two options. Like, so, it's completely out there. And I like how it's not a secret. It's right. not something that blindsides her because she thinks that something's going and on And that she later. thinks that they're having a relationship or yeah, something. Exactly. She knows they can't be together. Everything's out in the open and I like and that. And I think that's why, like, even though it was, like, hurting me, but at the same time I was like, this, this reminds me so much, which... I told Justin of one of my favorite books, which is Jane Eyre. It's one of my first romances and I y'all, ever read. This is my second time reading this book, okay? <laughs> and like, I was getting Beauty and the Beast vibes. I'm like, oh, because of course it's my favorite. I'm just like, he's <laughs> and I'm so like wounded, <laughs> and like, you know. But like, they're legit separate classes. But it's Jane, Jane is the Eyre. governess working in yeah. the house. Um, he is a surly, sarcastic, beastly Rochester. Like, it's 100. But he's constantly flirting with her, just like Rochester does with Jane, always luring her into smiles, luring her into sort of like coming out of her shell and then she has to go and remind herself you're just the governess like like elise is like i'm just the housekeeper i'm just I the housekeeper i can't I'm be the his. unwed mother right. of five-year-old boy housekeeper. especially when we're put with like miss predu is her name in this one i think of like in jane Eyre, it was blanche 
you know, who is coming and they're always looking down at the governess because she's a threat. And that's how I feel like I was like, I know what the fuck is coming. I know it's coming. But I was like, I'm prepared for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm mentally preparing for mentally it. Preparing. I also really love this scene. So um, while she's writing the second letter to Maria Lynn that she edits and like Juliet says, she adds her own little spin on, on it because she finds out that um, the reason why um, his sister is being a little petty in the letters, she has zero clue that her brother was attacked. Yeah. Zero. None. Clue. No idea. She thinks it's just like hanging out. <laughs> and when Elise finds out that you didn't tell your sister, well, no, I don't want to bother her with mm-hmm. that. You know, I don't want to scare her. I don't want to protect her. her. I want to protect you know? her. And she's like, this is fucking dumb. So yeah. she decides to write her own little P.S. <laughs> And she acts like it's him writing it. And later on, like toward the end of the book, we find out exactly what she says. And he was just like, and he was like, I'm at death's door and la la la. And that's what she's like. Writes. I would never say that. He's, he's like, ah, kudos to her for, you know, being so dramatic. I would never write something so right. dramatic or whatever. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, there's a little moment of flirting after that because he's still like kind of like moving his hand. He hurt his hand. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, can I see? And so she looks at his hand and sees the stitches on the palm. And um, I love it because it's a moment where it's like they're close and she's holding his hand. It's very Mm -hmm. intimate. She's tracing the line on his hand. (laughs) And, you know, her to her discerning eye, she's like, I see where your problem is. You know, the stitches weren't close enough together and they're right. pretty big she you recognizes know? things from just sort of assisting her father yeah you and know? she's like you're gonna need to move it and stretch it like and it'll get easier with time but it's gonna be you're, it's not gonna it would have been it's better gonna, yeah if, it's, it's gonna be painful yeah but uh, i prefer you to be alive than to have a pretty stitch you know in your right. hand and stuff and i just really love it because um there's a very big moment of of flirting in this one where she asks him, you know, where does it where does it hurt? Where's the pain? And he's like everywhere, and <laughs> like he like makes a little mention of you know what what could be done to relieve his his body from this pain, like, and it's just incredibly flirty, and they kind of fall into it. But then Elise always she, remembers her place, yes, always it, remembers it, yes. and she pulls back, you know, yes. And he says, if I only had something warm to cover the rest of my poor wounded body in order order to keep it limber. <laughs> and she like flies open in shock and she actually is moving to leave the room when he realizes that he overstepped a little bit. Yeah. And that's just it. Just I mean, like, there's a power play here yeah. and he is basically it's almost sexual harassment here. Yeah. You and, know? But I like how he recognizes it. But also we get the sense that he's not doing it from like a place of privilege. Right. There's, in, there's he's something genuine attraction because yeah. he says when she leaves the room, LaVey feels like the room is dimmer and that having his hand back feels strange because it somehow felt like it belonged to her. Oh, and I'm just like, that was oh, so good. I love it. That was such a good line. It yeah, was the writing such a good line. Like, beautiful. The writing is really really incredibly oh, beautiful i so love good. it so 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 much i and also like that part too where she was like because she's always like i'm not going to be second best again for anyone i'm not going to be someone's lover or mistress yes. jack she's like needs, i've done this before you know, right, i know that no. i'm a lusty sensual creature i can't let this man tempt right. me again because right. i know that i like this yes. you know <laughs> i i'm i am a woman who likes you know the the pleasure sensual side exactly and i know this about myself but i i have jack to think of and i can't right. be selfish exactly. you know exactly um and i really love it so one day seamus is dropping off uh jack and jack is like really excited because he gets to be the sheep in the 
this Christmas play. And one of the things that she's kind of promised the footman is that, um, well, maybe you guys can have livery because she knows that what they're dressed in now is like yeah, a meal yeah, together. It's right. not really like a proper right. uniform. And she knows that, you know, having pride in in how you look and dress. And Well, and one of the boys even said, he's like, well, so-and-so's got livery yeah, down at such and such. Fine, and livery. I would, And she sees like a, there could be a spark of pride here. They, they could really work well in the house if they and, had. And you get know. them on her side, more on her side than Dolly's. Dolly's and so she's kind of right. like, well, you know, I can bring it up to Lord LeVay if we could have some new livery. And she and does. And he gives her permission and he she wants like, hey, what colors do you want? And he says like midnight blue, it's silver trim, which was his house colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But on the stipulation that there's no extra money. <laughs> That that you can do it if you can figure out how to do it. Figure out, work with your budget. I'm not giving you extra money for it. Yeah. So she has this idea when um, Seamus and Jack come come um, Uh, the Christmas play. She's like Seamus, you know, would Baby Jesus have like footmen? Like, (laughs) would they have any? Wouldn't it be great if Baby Jesus had some yeah, footmen in the play? And he's like, look, I'll talk to Mrs. Um, Sneed or whatever her mm-hmm. fucking name is, and I'll see if I can convince her because he's very charming. I'll see if I can convince her. She might like the idea of footmen waiting on Jesus. And she's kind of talking Shemus too. So yeah, exactly. So um, I, I really like this. And um, so she's like, if I already have, if if there is material, and he does, he pulls it <laughs> off. She's like, hey. Good news. Um, she loved it. She bought <laughs> she lo- it. So there she will totally be footmen. Thinks baby Jesus should, but it's baby probably Seamus was like charming her and like hey. absolutely. <laughs> so she doesn't have to pay the, for the materials or anything. The only no. thing that she has to find are the stockings for the footmen. Yes. Okay. Oh, ah, uh, God, oh, and I really love oh, it. Oh, this was another thing too. Is I remember in one of the um, intimate conversations she has with Levee, is she says the only thing she brought from home was her hairbrush. Her hairbrush. That was the only thing she like. And she her just own mentions it in things. passing. Yes, and and these are it. the things that I really love. Because because she literally mentions it once. And that's in it. In passing. Okay. And, and, she, and, and all we do is later we see her brushing with it. But he's not around. Mm-mm. He doesn't see it. He never actually sees the brush. And this is important. Right. Because she goes into town. And there's this like. um Like it's a small a town. Milliner, so there's like a milliner. Like a milliner. Slash yeah. like you know the post. Post all office and haberdashery all in one. there. Okay. <laughs> so she's there. And she brings her engraved silver hairbrush. And yeah. she asks if she can make a trade for two pairs of men's silk stockings. And he's like Mr. Postlethwaite is like absolutely. You can totally do that. I can totally sell this, even if it does have your um, initials. And I love her initials are mm-hmm. ELF, ELF. And he's like, ah, it's so whimsical. Yeah. Um, and he's like, surely I could resell this. It's a beautiful piece. Exactly. So, so she, she makes the trade the and she brings that back. And I love it. So the livery is now complete. And I love. She's so proud. How. In the morning, you know, usually he's woken up by Elise or yeah. by Mary, and all of a sudden there's this footman in the door, <laughs> and he's dressed in this livery. He's like, May and, he, you, and I love how he's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> well, I'm Ramsey, sir. I'm your foot. No, you're not Ramsey. You don't look like Ramsey. He's like, "Absolutely, I am." And James and I, he's whatever like, the would other you like to shave or some assistance? Because yeah. he doesn't have a valet either. He like, you know? Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, we flipped the coin for the privilege of dressing you this morning." <laughs> and I love, I love it. how they're always flipping a coin. They're like, they want to be. Because that's what she tempts. She's like, maybe, you know, he'll pick one of you to be his personal valet. And yeah. that will be a step up. So Elise is very good at working the crowd. And oh, I yeah. love this because it also brings a sense of pride back to LaVey. Like, all right. of a sudden, she has brought this sense of home to this house. He yes. doesn't need key. He does not need his childhood home to fill it home. Exactly. Okay? She has made this into a She's home. She's made this a home. Very comfortable <laughs> for him. And he loves it, okay? Loves it. 
And so he tells Ramsey, he's like, hey, I need you to do something for me. And later on, we find out that he actually takes the brown velvet chair from his study mm-hmm. and he has it sent up to her room. And so Ramsey like goes downstairs and he's like, hey, um, Lord LeVay needs you real quick or whatever. Um, he, he needs the whatever – what is it? It's something in her room that she needs to go get. And when she yeah. runs up there to go get it, she's like, now? What why? is happening? All of a sudden, she sees the brown chair in there. And she's yeah. like, what? Like in her, is her why vanity. is the chair here? <laughs> so when she goes back down she, where the brown chair used to be, the velvet chair, it's another one that mm-hmm. was moved from another room. And he basically was like, this is a thank you for, you know, the ingenuity that you have um that you have utilized to get this shit done it was really amazing and he noticed the way that she caressed the brown velvet chair and she deserves something beautiful and it is a family heirloom and he's giving it to her this is really interesting the way the story is told too because like we have these moments where it's like oh my god like they're totally falling for each other and then he goes now i need you to dictate another letter god what a fucking my wrench heart just cut it fucking out because he starts it off with dearest, dearest alexa alexa the way that he's he's dictating these words to this this alexandra it's so flowery and so unlike lavey and mm-hmm. she's a little jealous she knows she knows immediately this is the woman and this is the woman he intends when, to marry when he actually says her family name lady Predu, she stills she's like yeah, she just like freezes and it's that little moment that we as the audience <sighs> notice, but he doesn't notice, okay? So she recognizes this name, okay? And she go- she went very white. And, and she goes feels, very cold and yes, distant. Yes, and he feels the tension. He doesn't know why there's yes. suddenly tension. Has yeah. no idea why there's suddenly tension. Because he's a dipshit. He, he doesn't understand. He doesn't <laughs> Come understand. Come on, LeVay. One, she's jealous. Two, this is a woman that she does not like. Right. I'll give you one hint why. <laughs> right. Mm. So – um when she very quickly wants to excuse herself from the room like they yeah. haven't had their banter he's missing their banter yeah, he's like what's he's happening like, yeah he's he like, can't what? let her leave so, like she's trying to walk out and he's like um for example because it was talking about some sort of like kissing and stuff and he's like for example if i were to kiss you you would never forget it and she turns around like real quick and she looks like almost devastated yeah and, and she's like stricken yes. and i just love i love this moment because like usually they're very playful and he's almost feeling desperate and panicked at the yeah. way she's reacting like she's trying to get away from me and it's like the loss of her already is like killing him yeah it's you know it's driving him a little mad and she says you ought yeah, not you tease, ought not me, tease me, me that way like she's trying to put on a brave face trying to show that it didn't affect her but he knows that this is something that he didn't realize maybe she mm-hmm. actually had real feelings for him like there yeah. was some real flirtatious banter but this is this is something a little bit more, and I love how he notices like this thrill that oh my god, yeah, she it's could like, have feelings for me, and she might be jealous. She might be jealous. At the same time, he realizes he's hurt her too. Yeah, like, and he by, doesn't ever know, want to hurt her. Oh god, uh, this whole scene gutted me. I'm just telling you right now, the way it was written, there's so much tension in the room, and and it's all like mostly his point of view, and he's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't mean to upset you. I apologize. I didn't mean to. Like he's immediately like, he's very like serious. begging like, he forgiveness. Gets very serious. You know, yeah. yeah. And he's it's, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. Oh, like, I'll and never... so they kind of part in this sort of like yes. tension. And, and so way. they've kind of been avoiding each other for a few days and right. then all of a sudden this very rainy day dolly's <gasps> dolly has been suspiciously dolly. nice dolly's been and i love how i look y'all 
children, no shit. Okay? Because Jack is like, every time Dolly's around, he's wary of her. He's like almost like a snake coiled in the corner. He walks way around her. Like all like, the, everybody, the her. whole staff like loves, loves Jack and he plays with everybody except he does not like Dolly. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. Neither do we. Kids Something's no. up with Dolly. No. Fuck, fuck Dolly. Yeah. So it's well, Dolly's day off. She's insisting that her sister's coming pick her up yes, and, and at least her day like, off. It's pouring. It's pouring outside. Yeah. You, you, we want to go for a drive today? It seems strange. It seems sus. And <laughs> She notices that Dolly has this this satchel, basically. And she doesn't think anything of it, but then she's like, oh, it's a rainy day. I might as well go in the silver cabinet. Thank God she decided to go in there. She notices that that beautiful family porcelain heirloom is missing. And she realizes mm. that Dolly, the, she's insisting that she leave yeah. today, is about to steal. Yeah. And she, she probably ha- And she probably has been. Oh. She's got to catch her until she's out that door. Before so she's out that door. She... Stops Dolly at the doorway. Yes. And she stands up to Dolly. And listen, <laughs> Dolly, we didn't describe what she looks like, but Dolly is a big woman. She a, is a Amazonian very large tall woman. Like she could break you like a fucking toothpick. And Elise is not. Elise no. is petite. She's, you know? She is short. And she basically is like, you're going to hand it over right now. And I'm not going to leave you with any references, mm-hmm. but I will let you go and I won't so that you send won't you be the hangman. And like, because like, yeah. this is a serious fucking this offense, okay? Serious. And I think that's the thing is like, Dolly just kept thinking she was going to roll over. And I just feel like Dolly's been stealing for a while and getting away with it. Hmm. And now she realizes, oh shit, I could... I could go to the hangman. I could die for this, you know? So then she kind of like, she comes down a little bit. Cause at first she's like, you know. And then she's trying to justify it being yeah. like, well, he has so much and, and we have little. And yeah. Elise passionately defends LaVey mm-hmm. and his rights to his heirlooms. It's and like stuff he's like lost that. Everything, everything. And you're sitting here going to go sell one of the last things he has of his home. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. In passion. And she snatches it from Dolly because it looks like Dolly might even break it yes. rather than give it to her. Yes. And she snatches it and she saves it and she sends Dolly she's like, get out. out. And she's like, get out. I will pack your things and you can come And they'll be at tomorrow. the road in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when she turns around, LaVey watched the whole thing. He's been watching the whole thing oh my god the scene and he thanks her for defending <gasps> his honor and he's like home. you look ready to do murder and he <laughs> takes the sauce boat and he like goes back to his study and like he is like literally savoring it in his mind the the, the sight of her defending him he is like it's like it like sends a burning fire into like how much he feels for her and then suddenly there's this little impish boy who pops up in the he's corner like, there's hi a giant child are you the giant and he's like i am not a giant little Cause boy because that, that's what i'm just very tall because that's what his mom's always called him the giant because he loves the story of jack and the beanstalk jack and the, beanstalk, and the giant that's where he gets his name from yes and I really love their conversation. This is another part where I'm just like, I loved reading oh it. My because God. it's, you know how the mind of a child, it like flits from subject to subject yes. with like no real continuity. It's just like, yes, it's just like stream of consciousness almost. Yes, and LaVey is following along with him and but he's very intrigued by this conversation. But also at the same time, he's devast- He's falling apart inside because he's like, this is there's Lisa's only, child. There's, there's only one person Wh- this child Who's could the be. father of this child? Because what man has been with her? Like, because who is, Jack where is, is like he? talking about his mama and everything. Yes. And all of a sudden, oh. Elise comes around the corner and, you know, and all of A says is, I was unaware that you had a son. And she was like, I didn't think that it would affect my references, and, yeah. you know, part of my job description. And he's like, it doesn't. But he's very curt and short. It's because he's jealous. He's jealous. Because now he's thinking, oh, shit, I never even asked She may her. have She's a husband married. somewhere. Is she married? Because <laughs> housekeepers always take the name of Mrs. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell if they're married or not. 
They could be totally single or they could be married. So he just like, this is a revelation. And like, he is literally like stewing in the thought of some other All man of the, touching I mean, her. like every single possible idea is like floating through his mind. And then he goes like, but maybe your husband's dead. Maybe he's dead. That would be wonderful. <laughs> And I he's wait, so and then this thought pops into his mind. He's like, "God damn it, I'm jealous." So this is what the peasants feel like. Like oh, fucking jealousy. Yes. Like I, I'm feeling these these uncouth thoughts. Jealousy. Jealousy. Like, no. And I just really love it. And so I also love how the next time they talk about Jack, he's just like, you know, well, he's he's welcome to you know be in my study. He doesn't yeah. have to be confined to a part of the house. Like I like to teach if he likes geography. Yeah, it's like I can like, show him the globe. In- I can oh, point out places I've been. Absolutely. I can show him all, teach him all kinds of things. I love how welcoming he is to yes. Jack. It's just the initial shock of her having a child. But it after is. that, he it loves is. Jack. This contradiction of like everything he's saying is true, but in the ins- on the inside, he's sort of like falling apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like his whole world is like coming undone, like little threads are falling away. He's like, there's a whole other part of her that I don't know. And like, how did I not know this? And what am I going to do about it now? Because is there a man out there I need to like hunt down and kill? Yeah. Like, is there like someone I need to get rid of? Like, he doesn't say these things. He's just thinking these jealous thoughts, you exactly. know? And, it's and he very even like inquires about the father, like, where's Jack's father? And she just says, she said, he's, he's gone. been gone. He's been gone for six years now, basically since he was born, you know? But like, LeVay, it could be he's dead. Or yeah, where's gone? We don't mean? know. We don't what fucking does know. Gone LeVay mean? doesn't know, but he, he knows he can't push. He's like, fuck, <laughs> yeah. okay. He's gone. That's <laughs> so funny. So um, this moment where – so he he plans to host a ball, okay? The oh, house yeah. is coming along. Yes. Plans to host a ball. Because Miss Prito and uh, yes. all of them are coming. Ugh. And um, <laughs> so he enlists Elise. He's like, hey, so I don't know how my dancing is going to look because, you know, I'm still so stiff and I need practice. Oh, yeah, God. I need practice with my dancing. Whatevs. It's such an excuse okay, to get closer. Okay, liar. So, you know, they're, they're waltzing. And, of course, that proximity of oh, the damn God. waltz. It's just Y'all. too close for comfort okay and i love the way that like the room literally falls away yes. when they're dancing together yes and it's beautiful because they're just like staring into each other it reminds eyes. me of that whole pride and prejudice moment oh when, when everyone everything falls away. disappears nothing else them. is in the room but them oh, exactly brilliant. brilliant and so she just closes her eyes and lets herself enjoy being in his arms mm. and when she's like okay Again, she's going to pull back, but he, like, doesn't let go of her elbow, and she breathes his name for the first time, like, his first name, and calls <gasps> him Philippe, and then they kiss, okay? And it's oh, my God. Sweet, and it's soft. Like, I think that some authors, some authors nowadays, but honestly, <laughs> they underestimate the power of the soft and gentle oh, kiss yeah. that builds and builds. Because so yes. many times I read, especially in contemporary romance, like their mouths crash together. You don't know how many times I've read their mouths crash. And I'm like, sounds painful to <laughs> always teeth, be crashing. Teeth, teeth are hurting. Clacking. <laughs> like, I mashed my mouth against her. I was like, damn, okay. Calm Slow down. Slow roll, bro. Anyway, God, the scene's so sexual and like, sensual at the Y'all, same time. Like, the scene beautiful. was beautiful. This kiss. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it does. It melts forbidden. into something fiery. And quickly. she pulls away and she just says, I can't. I and can't. later LeVay reflects on it. It's not that I won't. It's I can't. And so, yeah. you know, um, he has his, his suspicions about, you know, Jack's father and stuff. Um, and knows that she probably was in love with him and she feels hurt and she just doesn't want to put herself in that position. Okay. Now we have the scene where he goes to Postlethwaite's. 
and he recognizes the hairbrush. Yes, he sees the hairbrush. Because Because it was exchanged for some men's silk stockings, two pair. He's there mm. to get his letters and he notices this yes. and he's just like, motherfucker, she traded something of hers so I could get something that I wanted. Yes. Like, no. Yes. And and it doesn't it doesn't the scene doesn't end with him buying it, but you know that he bought it, okay? Oh yeah. You know that he fucking bought it. <laughs> so um now that we are um The ball. The ball. We have yes. so the ball, so everyone's arriving for the ball. And of course, yes, Prito is there. And it the thing is Elise has done everything to transform this. It's a smaller home, a smaller it's her estate. Success, honestly. Yes, it is. She even has like a, a re- retiring room for the women to like come in and check their gowns and their hair, like you would at any like gl- you know grand ball. And of course, she's in there collecting coats. So Levey is like saying hello to everyone, but where does he go? He wanders to the like Elise. cloak room. And, like, he wants to see where she is. To he her. wants to talk to her. And, like people are just throwing cloaks at her, and while he's just like constantly like, "So how he's are you seeking doing?" Her out, you know, <laughs> like, like he this could is your be ball, out, dude. Yeah, he could be out entertaining his guests. But what, what would he rather yeah. do? He talk to Elise in this coat room. Okay? In the coat room. Like really? Yes. It's so funny. This part. It's like, dude, you are so sad. Whipped. You're supposed so to be you're like wooing Miss Prito. Then we have this scene where Miss <gasps> Prito comes in. She it's comes in and alone. she, yeah. And we instantly feel she's like, oh, well, I hope, Miss Fountain, that you weren't, you know, that you didn't take it to heart about what had happened at uh, Endicott's. Yeah. And so we learned that yeah. this bitch, so basically what happened was her younger sister's stupid. Okay? Her younger sister's a little bit of a spoiled brat. A spoiled brat, kind of dense. And they made she made a comment about and her think, intelligence or something. Yeah, Elise like corrected her and stuff, and yeah. Alexandra did not take that well. Like, who are you to correct my sister? And so she took it upon herself to find the dirt on Elise, yes. basically. And so and that's get her fired. How, that's how she got her fired. But she also recognizes that Elise is very beautiful. Okay. And she's working and she's in this home at of the house. Yes. So she has to like throw in that little dig like, oh, I expect we're to be engaged very, very By soon. By the end of tonight even, maybe. Mm, and whatever. I love how Elise gets a, back a little bit of her own by being like, oh, wait, hold on, Alexander, before you leave, your <laughs> hair's falling your down hair. a little bit. Let me fix this pin. She's like, oh, okay, yes, I have to look my best. And Y'all? I'm like, you fucking idiot. You shouldn't trust this woman who you, you literally got her fired. Y'all, like, she puts this like coil on top of her head like a hair, snake. And, and I love <laughs> how LaVey sees it and nobody tells her a fucking thing and yeah. that's what I, that's what makes it sweeter she is unaware yeah okay and she's an idiot and looks like an idiot I love how LaVey is like it looks like a fucking cobra ready to strike <laughs> and like somebody else in the party is like snake it's, it's an antenna and it's looking at me and like <laughs> He's not paying attention to any of this. She thinks they're all just snickering so, and like, looking at how beautiful she is. It feels good. It feels good because, you know, Elise made her look oh. stupid and she doesn't even know it. You right. Know? And I love that. And love she's a mean her. girl, y'all. Come on. Yeah. yeah, mean girl's got it coming so, through. So, you know, of course, the second that she finds out Elise is there, she has to badmouth Elise to LeVay. Mm. So she's like, yes. hey, let's go out, out in the, the garden. gardens. Oh, your housekeeper, Mrs. Fountain. Mm. Like, I'm sure you know. I can't believe, I, I can't believe that you hired her despite her circumstances. Yes. And he's like, her circumstances? And her, someone of oh, lowly everyone, morals. Of, of low morals. And he was like, um, are we talking about the same person? Because I'm pretty... <laughs> like, he, he's very careful with what he's saying. Yes. His tone, like, she's not recognizing his no. tone is like, fucking back off. It's funny because she says, she, he even knows, like, if anyone else... Like, you know, his friends or even Elise heard me right now. They would know I was vibrating being, with fury. Yes. Like, but he's being so calm. But he wants 
to hear whatever the fuck she has to say about her, you know? And basically, she is very happy to tell him, like, (laughs) well... You know, a few years ago, there was this this solicitor or mm-hmm. soon to be solicitor, Ed- Edward uh, Blaylock or whatever. Yes. And the courtship wasn't a secret. But what happened was he left and all of a sudden she was pregnant later. So yeah. and he's like, well, how did you find this out? You know, servants love to talk and, you know, yeah. it's scandalous. But I'm glad that she's, you know, f- we all find our place eventually. Yes. She was very much like bitch. so glad that she found a place and that you're so kind mm-hmm. to have someone like her in your like house her. as your servant. You know, you know? yeah, exactly. Ugh hated her Ugh, awful hate her. so after the ball ends LeVay's a little drunk and he mm-hmm. calls her into his study okay i love this because he's, he's like so drunk Ugh. and he's like talking about how he always wondered what her hair would look like unpinned and uncoiled oh and he wants to see it on his pillow and she just yeah. like you're drunk and he's like i am <laughs> and i love it because he's just like he's complaining he's like you're always so careful with me you're always holding yourself back and i want you to be yourself and he's like well what is that well, she says like you know what am i like and he's like tart yet sweet so very very kind mm-hmm. clever and witty annoying so <laughs> Delightful, beautiful, and honest. I should like you to be honest. And she's like, okay, I'll be honest. And he's like, what happened to Jack's father? Um, Did he take advantage of you? And she's like, well, in in the spirit of honesty, no. No. I was in love. And it was very much consensual. I wanted to be with him. Mm -hmm. And that was my mistake, you know? And she thought he was in love, too. I mean, she 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 thought thought that they were going to be married. married, Yeah. mm -hmm. You know? And it was her mistake to anticipate the marriage vows. And she tells him, you know, I told my parents and they disowned me. And I haven't seen them for six years. And then she has a little tear. and. Brushes it away from her and he tells her, I love this. He goes, There was no shame in passion. The shame is in abandoning you with the consequences. Oh, the shame is his. I love that. And she decides to take her hair down for him. And he goes, Dear God, it's chaos. And he like puts his hands <laughs> through her hair. And then he so kisses cute. her so sensually and it's oh. beautiful. And honestly, right there, she's ready to give herself to him. And yeah. he tells her, not tonight. Yeah. I want you – I want you – because you're unsure of this and I don't want yeah. you to regret this. But he does bring her to pleasure. He does bring yes. her to pleasure. And they've had – and we'll say, like, there's a part in between the ball and here where they have this moment of, like, fiery passion. And he's, like, begging her, like, you know you want me. And, that you know – and but she's like, I can't. I can't. And so th- now we're kind of culminating to the point where she's like – I don't think I can turn back anymore. I need right. one night with him. And so you know? he basically tells her, you're going to come to me eventually. Okay? Yes. So yes. after he brings her to pleasure, you know, she leaves and he is just biding his time. And so he doesn't really call on her that much. And he's actually spending a lot of time with Jack. They even uh, string up the hammocks because Jack always wanted to know how a sailor sleeps and stuff like that. That's <laughs> so cute. Uh, it's so freaking adorable. <laughs> and um, so when... Jack asks, are you going to come attend my Christmas play? It's coming up soon. He's like, yeah, I'll come watch her Christmas play. Yeah. He also knows that Miss Preto will be there because her sister is there. Yeah. Because um, Jack said how pretty Colette is, you know, the younger <gasps> yes, sister. That's and that's sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Jack also mentions Seamus as well, who has been flirting with yes. Elise. And um, LeVay doesn't like it. So one night he goes to the Pig and Thistle. And when Seamus sees LeVay, he intentionally sings a song to Elise because he knows. Dedicates he, to her. Seamus is not dumb, okay? No. Not dumb. And dedicates it to her and, like, LeVay kind of storms out. I love this out. moment. Yes. I see. I love this moment when he goes out. So Seamus walks outside and he's, like, and he's, like, smoking a, a cheroot or whatever they like to smoke. And he's, like, um, so, you know, you should leave her alone, basically. And he's very yeah. nice about it. He's, like, 
like you're gonna she's hurt already a woman. been broken hearted. Yeah, you're, you're gonna why hurt would you a do woman. that again? She's already been hurt, obviously. Yeah. And you're leading her down to more like heartbreak. you're obviously not gonna marry her, so yeah. you need to leave her alone. Yeah. You know, and it's it what's and awesome, Lave hates it because he knows it's because it feels it's true. And so yeah. he walks away. I love this moment. It's like hard like facts in front of your face. But like he's also jealous, so the next time he sees her, he's like, So uh, Seamus is in love with you. Like, how do you feel about him? And she's like, probably the f- same way that you uh, feel about Lady Purdue. And he's like, no, are you in love with him? And she's like, no. He yeah. just likes to flirt. Like, I'm not, I'm not in love with him. And like, she, he, like, again, they have a moment of passion on the couch and stuff like that. And she says it's not fair. And he's like, no. And he seems calm, but after she leaves, he like throws a vase against oh, the yeah. wall again. Like, he just basically was like hating life. Like, and, why? <sighs> This this moment of realization that he's literally is tearing her down, and mm-hmm. he says he had no right to do this to her, to use her passion and sensuality and love for him as weapons to get what he wanted. He wouldn't be one more man who took who partook of her and left, nor would he ask her to live on the fringes of his life, in the shadows, to be enjoyed whenever he could spare a moment. She was a woman who belonged in the light. She was a woman who deserved to be loved and honored for the rest of her life. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And so he decides that he's going to take this step <gasps> to offer her as much safety and security. He hasn't quite gotten to the point where he's like, I'm still going to marry her, come with me yeah he's a little bit dumb in that realm but he <laughs> writes to her parents yes he and does. he basically tells them you know how wonderful of a boy jack is and how amazing how she much she and how, how much how she much misses, she misses them. them and you know it's it's a beautiful beautiful letter i yeah. love this part and also he gives them their christmas gifts and the christmas gift for jack was the toy lion that he saw mm-hmm. at postlethwaite's and for Elise, it's the hairbrush. Plus he does give it to him when he's letter. not there. He's not. The, yeah, it's it's in their room, so they open it alone. Yeah, I, that's what I like. I like because it's not to. It's a very private you, moment yes. because Elise, the letter is from her parents. Yes, and the letter from her parents basically says like, "We regret, we miss you, we miss you, we were, we want to see Jack. We like, we prideful. want you to come home. We want oh, you to come home. Like, Jack is welcome. Beautiful. You're welcome. I want you. We want you back. And that was like the most wonderful Christmas gift he could have gotten her. And like, yeah. she even cries. You know, I, it was very. Very moving. It was beautiful. And so they go to the uh, Boxing Day the play. play. The play. And Jack and is a course, cute little sheepy. And now LaVey is watching in the back. He doesn't go and sit by her because she's the housekeeper, of yeah, course. He does not sit with the servants. Yeah. And um, Miss Prito's there. And of course, the bitch is there. And so they have the play. But afterwards, Jack is acting very, very sheepish. He's not as exuberant as Something's he normally is. wrong. You know, and before the play, he kept telling Jack how excited he was to be with the pretty girl Colette in the play. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I don't know. I was picking up on this pretty oh, yeah. quickly that Absolutely. something had happened. Now afterwards, he's supposed to go to have dinner at the Pritos and basically propose this marriage. Moment, this moment, because like I said, he <sighs> realized that he can't string her along, so he's like, "Okay, got to move along with my plan." So he yes. tells Elise, "He's like, hey, there's no need to cook me dinner tonight because I'm going to be at the Pritos tonight." And also, uh, I sent a letter to the king to refuse his mission. She's basically, basically saying, so, "I chose Prito. I, I chose to her. marry for my dowry, yes. basically." And she's like, "Under." Understood. Like she, she's like fuck. Okay, fine. He's, bye. He's, yeah, I'm gonna pack bye. up and leave. <laughs> so I love he's at dinner, and then all of a sudden his footman 
arrives at the Purdue's house. Yes. And he is sopping wet and Ramsey's like, we can't find Jack. And I love how LaVey completely abandons Yes, because she is like, uh, Purdue's like, like, Alexa's like, what are you doing? Who cares if a servant's kid a servant's is missing? missing? So they'll find him and he literally tells her to shut up. Like, yeah, I like, love And then like walks out. <laughs> Runs out. He's like, fuck you people. Mm-hmm. He realizes where Jack could be. He's like, well, Jack loves the bell tower. Yes. And so he goes there and he hears him softly sobbing and he tells me he's like i can't i'm not big enough i can't ring it by myself and stuff and then he asks levey he's like what's a bastard oh god and levey is like it's a nasty word that people use to be Mm -hmm. unkind you know where did you hear that from from and colette Colette told him that he was a bastard because he had no father and that he was going to amount to nothing And and that's why he wanted to ring the bell tower because that's like his dream. His and dream. If he was a big strong man. That's he what could, he wants to grow up to do. Oh my god! And if he so can't do that, he will amount to nothing. And so that's that's where his childlike mind goes. Yeah. The speech that Levey gives him and tells Jack just like how lucky he is to have Elise as a mother and how you know we have to pity Colette because she is unkind and only a- unhappy people say such unkind things. Right. And he is a wonderful boy that will grow up to be anything he wants to be. And he's a Amazing. So I just really loved it. And when he carries Jack down, like Elise is down there and she overheard the whole thing. And like she's like kind of crying. And that night she decides to go to LeVay. Mm-hmm. This is where she gives in. Yeah. And, but she also like goes to him for comfort though too because she starts crying. And she's like, I tried to protect him from this for as long as I could. And it just fucking yeah. sucks. It's basically. almost like she's she's crumbling inside because she's been the strong one for Jack for so long. Yeah. And LaVey was strong for her that night as well and for Jack. And so it's like, it's not just like, oh, I'm, you know, this is a thank you. This is like, finally someone's on my side you know and the things that he said was just kind of like she knows she loves him and she can't not give herself and i think it is that moment where she's like yeah she's like i love him i want one night at least before i have to give him up because i know he's gonna leave me you know exactly so (sighs) so we have a beautiful night and in the morning, he wakes up and he sees her and he's just like, God damn, this is good. I know what I have to do. This is the mistake that he makes, but it's yes. not a huge mistake. The yeah. mistake that he makes is that he leaves without without telling, telling her his plan. His plans. And his plan was he basically tells her in a cryptic letter that he's gone to talk to Alexandra. <laughs> and she immediately interprets this to, oh, well, he's still going through with the proposal, obviously. And she, well, okay. she's kind of like, okay, well, I kind of figured, you know, why? And she's just like, he? okay, but I can't stay here anymore. I have right. to go to my parents' house. She yes. packs up Jack and she leaves. Well, he's going there to let Alexandra know that, um, well, he wants the full story, though. He makes her confess, basically, yeah, that, she, that she told Colette about mm-hmm. Jack being a bastard and that she's being a spiteful bitch. Mm-hmm. And when, when uh, Alexandra figures out, that Philip Philippe has feelings for her, for Elise. She goes, you've been sleeping with that whore? And his goes, response... Watch yourself. Goes, have a care. <laughs> have a care. Have I a love care. that. And like his care. voice, it says, they describe his voice as silky. And mm-hmm. like, I love that word because it like, it's dangerous but soft. Yes. It's yes. dangerous but yes. soft. It's like, fuck with me and find out. Yes. But like, <laughs> subdued. He's warning you very gently. Like, I'll warn you just because you're a lady, but like, say it again. And I don't know what the fuck I'll do, okay? I, so I love, so after he breaks up, but he also, there's another thing he was doing in town. He had originally had talked to um his friend Adme. What's his name? Adme? Uh-huh. Ardme. Ardme. Sorry. Ardme about um, a shipping proposition but it wouldn't 
wouldn't be that much money. Like it was never going to be enough, make enough money. Not to right buy away. His home Not or, right away. Right. Like it, 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 it's a business that would slowly grow rather right. than. But it is profits. a way to make money. So yeah. that was another thing he was dealing with, along with sending the letter to the current owner of his former home mm-hmm. <laughs> to say, go ahead and sell it. Yeah. Go ahead he lets go it. of that dream. Good luck. He lets go. He's like, somebody else will make happy memories there, okay? Yeah. I have happy memories to That's keep awesome. me warm at night. And he goes home, none the wiser that Elise has gone. He just <laughs> thinks that she's around the house doing shit, okay? Yes. Not so. She has left. And the next um, uh, morning, I think, like, another woman, like, walks in and he's like, who are you? Yeah. Well, I'm the like, temporary <laughs> housekeeper because, you know, Ma- Mrs. He's Fountain like, left. You are. He's like, no, you're not. Absolutely not. And he's like, I love how he screamed for the footman. He's like, Ramsey. <laughs> Ramsey. What's going what? on here? Where is she? Oh, she went back home to Northumberland. Yeah. And so we, Elise has gone back to her parents and they're having breakfast in the morning. And um, Jack is eating breakfast and all of a sudden he screams, oh, it's the giant. It's the giant. And he runs outside to greet I, him. I love how she tells her parents, this isn't like last this time. This isn't like last time. So, they, so they, take the, they take the boy upstairs after they meet him. <sighs> And I love yes. this part so much, it makes me want to cry, okay? <laughs> so at first he just says, like, way to sick my sister on me because her sister does actually show up, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and then he finally says, because she's like, oh, well, did you come here to complain about your sister? And he's like, no. And he says, I'm here because there is life and there is death, but they're one and the same without you, Elise. I thought I needed everything I once had, but the only thing that gave those places meaning was love. And home, Elise, is anywhere love is, and you are my love. And I'm just like, why are you so beautiful, love? <laughs> and he asks her to marry him. Yes. And she says yes. And I love how there's this moment with, like, the parents in the in the window, and they're, like, crying. Yeah. And his dad, like, elbows the mom and says, like, she takes out you. She takes me. <laughs> So I think it's, so, it's such a cute little moment. And then they get married in Penny Royal Green. And after they get married, him and Jack go ring the bell together. That like, was, I was dying. Dying. He's such a good dad. I, I know. I was like, just see a little bit more of him because he's just adorable. I know. And then we kind of, it's not technically an epilogue, but it's just a little aside Ooh, at the end. Yes, because he sends Ramsey. We're in Lion Redmond's mm-hmm. point of view. And he gets this letter and it says, it's <laughs> LaVey's handwriting and says, she's getting married on the second Saturday in May. They're talking about Olivia, Olivia Eversey, yeah. who's engaged, and Lion Redmond once had <laughs> yeah. this notorious love affair. And so now his debt to Lion Redmond is paid. Because right, Lion Redmond had helped him, helped with the him six, when he was yeah. attacked by the six men. Yeah. So it was awesome. Oh my God. I love this book. It okay. was so good. It Did was I wonderful. Love this book. I amazing. honestly can't even pick a favorite scene because there's so think, many. I think um, for me, my showdown is going to be the waltz that turns into the first kiss. <sighs> That's a really good one. Because it's just, there's, there really are so many great scenes like but i loved this like slow burning finally just like going with their emotions and not thinking through anything it was literally them just like going with how they felt you know yeah i i I love that scene as well because they're constantly like staying their hand and remember your place and And it's also just another excuse to get closer to each other like you yeah. don't really need help with the waltz like it's yeah, all an excuse now. you know yeah, come on <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to go with the night that he's drunk and he asks her yes. about about her affair and he doesn't judge her for it and he basically says everyone else is shameful you're yes. ne- never shameful i love that and i love i almost died when he when she goes like what are you thinking he goes how i want to see your hair spread out on my pillow yeah <laughs> just like, huh? like 
and I love okay. it. I love it. It's just one of those things that he's always noticed about her that the hair just wants to escape, and he finally gets yeah. to see that. That is a privilege. That's a very intimate yeah. thing in historical settings. Mm-hmm. Is the hair down? Like that's only husbands see that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. They go that's to why bed. it's like so salacious. So he wants you know? it. I, look, this author look seriously impressed me. I just thought the writing was clever and beautiful and emotional, like all of it. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, guys, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to the next one where we'll be reviewing Praise by Sarah Kate. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.